This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. 100 Words or Less is a discussion with people in and around independent music with host Ray Harkins. The show gets in deep with creators and people who have been profoundly influenced by independent music and DIY culture. Upcoming guests include Josh Scogan from 68, Norma Jean and Cameron from Sorority Noise, and 250 past episodes to dive into. Visit 100wordspodcast.com or listen on your favorite podcast app. Is your breakfast cereal runny, soggy, and just acting like a straight-up bitch? What, bro? It's time to get a breakfast cereal that's got your six. Five-finger death crunch. Taste the whey, protein, and taurine-infested crunch balls that will give you the energy needed to fuck someone up. You want to throw down, bro? Every box contains a special prize like tribal tattoo coupon, peroxide so you can foss those tips, and an Ivan Moody ring that will predict whether or not he's going to have an on-stage meltdown. My Ivan Moody ring is green. That means he's going to finish his set list. Fuck yeah! Five-finger death crunch. Try it with mustard energy drink instead of milk unless you're a pussy. Come at me, bro. Five-finger death crunch. From the makers of Kiss Nuts. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your host, Brandon Hahn and Petter Spych. Oh, yeah. Oh, it feels so good. Feels so good to be back again. It, it, it does. That, that sounded like a tasty cereal. Bro. It did. It did. Yeah. yeah it was. It was I, you know. I, it was brotastic, bro. I'm gonna tell you right now, though. Kiss nuts. I chipped a tooth on kiss nuts. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Metal sucks back again. I'm one of your hosts. Brandon Hahn. I'm always joined by the other host. That's a spite here. And we got a special uh, episode for you guys in, in more ways than ones. We are interviewing Mixmaster Mike this week from the Beastie Boys. You know. Which sounds a little strange. I understand this is Metal Sucks, but he's going to be DJing Metallica set. He's going to be doing a he's, metal. He's got a Metallica go- tour. He's going to be DJing be- between sets, between Avenged Sevenfold. And uh, Volbeat's going to be on that tour as well. So it's going to be a really... Uh, and he's got a lot of heavy metal ties, too. That's exactly what it is. The, the dude is a metalhead through and through. Probably more metal than us, so uh, it's great to Probably actually... more metal than hip-hop. What? I'm just saying, <laughs> no, by, by the sounds of it, like the music that he listened to, probably likes metal more than he likes listening to hip-hop. Uh, oh, yes. I, 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 I think you missed, like... Half that sentence? You just said probably more metal than hip-hop. I'm not going to say, yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to get into genres. Anyways, we do get to talk to him. Uh, the other thing we wanted to do this week, because four months... <laughs> Everyone have... just turned off the episode, by the way. <laughs> They're just like, what? Click. No. Like, no, listen, because no. we got some great stuff coming up. Nah, fuck yeah, we do. And the interview's great. He was a fantastic dude. And who doesn't who doesn't want to talk? Dude, he was in the Beastie Boys. Yeah, so, Kiss Nuts. Yeah, exactly. Kiss Nuts. <laughs> dude. Uh, as I had long a... as he's not in baby metal. Yeah, we're good. Oh, we're, dude, we're moving on that. Anyways, uh, four months have gone by in 2017. If you're like us and you have a short attention span, by the end of the year, we, we make a best of list, a best of 15. Metal Sucks does it every year. So we want to just uh, throw out four months into there because uh, we're not going to have new music from Mixmaster Mike on the show. We want to do the, to the top five albums in the first four months of 2017 that we think you just need to listen to. We're not going to tell you what the best is. We're not going to tell you this and that. We just think you need to listen to these albums before we move on to the next quarter of this year. 
Um, and for whatever and reason, now all we're doing is just giving you five. You're just giving me five. That's all we're giving you. Yeah, five each quarter. Yeah, we're not, gonna, we're not going to demand that you listen to like 30 different albums and go mm-hmm. go through it. Now get back. Now I want a written report in a week. It's yeah. like no, no, not just at all. five. Just you could do this in a week until the next Metal Sucks episode. Exactly, and then you can see if uh, you feel the same way uh, we do about these five records so far this year. So. Uh, moving right into the first record we want to talk about, the first record. And like I said, this is a mutual thing. Me and Brandon sat down. We went through all the records that we liked, and then we collectively did what we uh, put together. And it's actually so you got a, a, a good part of both of us in here. But the first record we definitely want to talk about, and we talked about quite frequently. I yeah, think, you bring this album up a lot. Is the, is the new record by Havoc. A lot. Conformicide. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you've, you, you're basically just been in the middle of a, have a Havoc Bukaki. Like, you love them, bro. Mm. No, I love this record. I do. <laughs> okay. And the reason that... If their I, music could jerk off on your face, you'd let it happen. Jerk I, off right into your ears. Bro, bro, bro. Gee, we talked about this. Let's, let's calm I'm down. I'm telling you. Okay. They're great. I, I, I get it, but it's always... I don't elate to semen. Like, it doesn't make me happy. So I, this record makes me happy. So it's, it's a weird cross-correlation. Okay. That you're telling me, like, semen in my ears is, is as good well, as I'm this saying, record. But, yeah, <laughs> but I'm saying, but, but, if you're a, but I'm just saying, if you're a super fan like you claim to be. I'm, I'm a fan of this record. Yeah. So that, just, that's all it is. I'm, 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 not just, a, I'm not saying I'm a super Havoc fan. There's probably Havoc fans that are huge out there. But I, I, I do want to give I you I don't credit. know, man. You're pretty big. You've been talking about this on the podcast. We haven't even had them on Metal Sucks yet. They I might know. have been on with the other guys. But, like, so mm, far with you were. and I, we haven't even had them on yet. Mm-hmm. And you have just given these people, like, this huge ramp up into them. Like, you're building them up. Well, you're building me, them up. Let me tell you why. And you, you agreed with this record. I do. You I do. think this record is I think this record is straight up flawless. It's exactly what is needed you could tell that there's like a there's a torrent like you know they hate the people that are bitching they hate like the, the over the, the over the top PC yeah you know what I mean but at the same time they hate the president you could tell that too but that's what I mean it's got a strong theme yes you, you can listen to this record and that's what I think is very important in most metal is that you don't want a record that you're like what are they talking about what are they supporting here you know mm-hmm. all these things like have it's like we know what we're gonna talk about we think this is what's wrong with the newer generation. And what's wrong with the older generation and how, you know, it's hard to talk to them. So it's like the lyrical content and the theme are really strong in here. I also love that they just like when gang vocals work. Yes. I, the gang vocals on this record, like whether it be a chorus. It almost or seems like people are afraid to go to the gang vocals because when you uh, when you think gang vocals, you almost think of, uh, you know, butt rock 80s yeah. type shit. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Where they're like, you know, cherry pie or whatever. You know I what I mean? I think hardcore, like Biohazard, like right. gang vocals too. Okay. I, but I think Biohazard really did good with the gang vocals. I think a lot of hardcore guys did good with But the 80s stuff is where the bad gang vocals came right. to play, right? And so with this record, like... I just, F- think, I just think the 80s vocals, though, scared a lot of bands away from the from gang the gang. Vocals. I do agree with you. But it's like every one of these songs, like you want to scream the gang vocals live when you see them. Mm-hmm. And that's like such an, uh, just another important thing because it makes you excited to see them play new stuff live. And you know what it is, too, what I really enjoy about these guys mm-hmm. uh, is the, uh, the artwork they have. As soon as you look into the CD. I have the, I have the yeah. booklet right here. I right. got all the records that we're talking about. And inside, the, inside this record, the, the Conformicide record, every song has an image crossed over to it, a good artistic image, a great painting, right? Uh-huh. That's so important to me, too. Because I flipped through this thing now that's got more fingerprints than it needs. You know, like I said, lyrically, you can understand everything he's saying, the way he sings, you know, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But uh, the Strong Dave in Mustaine influence, I will say. But I'm not going to say rip off. No, no. I'm saying just influence. 
I, uh, I, I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah. Back in the day, Dave Mustaine. I don't, I don't feel Yeah, not, not, not new Dave Mustaine no. now. Yeah. Not like doing the... You know what I mean? He's not doing that, but he's doing like the old, you know, Peace Cells kind of-esque. Yeah. I, it's I mean, not... Again, he's got his own flavor. They got their own style. It's, it's, and it's, and I, I know what you're saying, dude, and I hate comparing because I think this is stand, it's in a standalone thing, but you always have to compare. And we compare the rest of the records to other albums, too. But the, the fact of the matter is, is that we, uh, we definitely feel if you guys haven't gotten out there and listened to this new Havoc record yet before 2017 is over, it is time now. If you haven't heard a Metal Sucks episode involving Pete and myself, and you haven't heard Pete jerk this <laughs> band off. I feel like that's every single band we bring up today. You're right. You're but, right. But, but um, no, but you've really been on this Havoc album. Yeah. Like nonstop. And so, I got to tell you, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with 100%. you. It's a great so, record. So uh, we're going to play a track for you guys right here off the record. Um, but, here it is. Uh, and here we go. Shut the fuck up. That's not the track. Oh, it's not? No, it's not it. It's the, that's you're the wrong button. A fucking <laughs> that's, not, that's not Havoc? <laughs> it's not Havoc, buddy. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, the track we're going to play for you guys before we get into our next must-listen in the first quarter of 2017, uh, the traffic is intention to deceive. Get a load of the gang vocals. Good evening. I'm Lyle Lott. And in the news today, we cover trivial stories to distract you from what's really going on in the world. It's 5 o'clock, and here's what we want you to think. we 
Great thing about the record. Were we is that, lying? No. Were we lying about the gang, the gang vocals? On point. I'm asking the listeners though. I'm no. expecting an answer. Yeah. We expect an answer in the. We expect section. an answer right here, <laughs> even though you're not here and you're not. We're not doing this live. We expect a fucking answer right now. <laughs> and the fact that they have uh, most of the songs are like six and seven minutes long. And they all feel like three minutes long. It's 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 really great. Moving on okay. to the next album that was recently released. Um, that is absolutely like to me is 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 a mind blowing record. Is the new record by the Obsessed. It's called Sacred. If you guys haven't got it, I, I mean, I've only been living with it for a little while, but uh, I, I really feel like when you have a genuine metal lifer like Wino, he understands music and he understands exactly the product he's going to put out there. It's just so legit that you feel like you're learning life lessons when you listen to his lyrics, right? Right. And, and, and we talk about... Well, especially the, for somebody who's been out as long as he has been doing it. It's like, who's going to give you the best wisdom? Yes, but the, the wisdom of the underground. Right. He, it seems like um, with this record. He's still grinding. Yes. And, and with the Obsessed, now, I, I, I take Wino pretty much. And I always say with all his bands, when you listen to him through, whether it be Spirit Caravan, whether it be a lot of the St. Vita stuff, or, you know, I think one of the best records put on the last 10 years was Shrine Builder, you know, that super group they did. But the point is, is like when you just take what he does in general, right, it's all really good stuff, even his solo stuff. But this record seems to be... I want to get a list, by the way, of how many times you go, one of the best records of the past 10 years. Like, I'm sure you say that a lot. Do I really? Yeah. I, I have a list in my head of the, of the past 10 years, the best records. I think it's only 20. Okay. Yeah. I know. I mean, I, I probably we, We've said, only done 12 episodes so far, you and I, of Metal Sucks. Well, you listen to all 12 and tell me what else I said that about. Because <laughs> you might be right. Havoc. I, I, I probably <laughs> <laughs> At this point, it might be true. Anyway, so uh, so with the assess with sacred though, um, what 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 you know he brings to this, and what this project I think brings that a lot of the other albums that I'm listening to is just honesty. Like mm-hmm. it's an honest to god fucking record, and we need more with with all the stuff that's out there. That's that's uh, I think need- too many people in this day and age too, and it kind of goes back to the havoc thing where it's like uh, they're so afraid mm-hmm. to say certain things, yeah. without being labeled, you know, like a bigot or a racist or something. Anything. Anything. We're scared of being you labeled. Know, I'm scared of being labeled sexist. doing the podcast. Yeah. You know, all your all your semen jokes, you're obviously scared of being labeled gay. You know, and all no, those that means I'm I'm go ahead and label me. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I know I'm just kidding. Yeah. I got a wife that I fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and she's got a vagina, a real one. She was born with it. <laughs> so, anyways, it's okay if you're not, though. But the point hey, is, I don't care. No, the point is, is that we're going to get labeled. Anything yeah. we say, if you're trying to tell jokes, if you're trying to move forward, if you're trying to write songs, someone out there in the wrong mood is going to take what you're saying and can't twist and it. And twist it. And yeah. the problem is there's a lot of people out there saying things that are just legitimately not twisted that should be pointed a finger at. But we put all those people in the same category. Well, what happens is, With- is everybody just likes to put things off until something horrendous happens. 
You know, that's basically what it is. Yeah. It's just uh, put it off, put it off, put it off. And if you say something or if you point out that someone's being shitty, mm-hmm. then immediately, like, if I, if I say, hey, that chick's being an asshole, you know, there are women out there that'll just go, or not just people in general, they'll go, oh, he's sexist. Or if I, like, you know what I mean? Or if you say something against a, a certain group or whatever, yeah. all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know, you, you hate this group, you hate that group. It's just, no, man. I mean, people have criticisms, yeah. and it doesn't mean they hate. And they, they could be have, wrong. You're, right. This is the, the, that's the thing with something like Like somebody do. was saying, my boss, my boss at the radio station, he goes, he goes I hate Bruce Springsteen because he hates America. And I'm like, why does he hate America? Because he hates Donald Trump? That doesn't mean he hates America. You know what I mean? And, yeah. that's, and that's what I'm getting at. People just jump to conclusions. Well, we are an opinion-based show. Right. Nothing we say here is any truth or fact or right. logic. It's all opinions, and that's most things. But people take our opinions as fact, and then they... they I just think sometimes people that. have a bad day. They might say something out of line, and then shit gets taken out of Exactly. Context. And we all, we all have those. But uh, back to the record, like... Um, and that's what this is. It seems so genuine and real. It's, it's, it's the first obsessed record in I don't know how many years. I think it was like, you know... 20, I don't even know. But I think the last one was like 94. I can't and, remember. And I, and but I the point is... This, this is more of a straight up... Would you even label this... I wouldn't say this is as hard as Havoc, but it's... No, it's... I would, I mean, say, it's more, say, I would say it's kind of rock and roll, actually. More like... We'll, maybe, maybe more like Motorhead rock. We'll get to another band on our list that I think kind of jumps into that meat and potato rock right. band type of thing a little bit more than The Obsessed. I think they definitely have the Doom, the Stoner... They definitely have all that stuff. But, like, with this record, um, it all comes together to be like, hey, you know, this is something unique. This is something special. This is something honest. This is something genuine. Lyrically, all that stuff that comes out of this record is uh, definitely worth checking out. Right. Definitely got to listen to it before we get to that next part of 2017. So the song we're going to play for you guys here, this is uh, one song we call, it's called uh, Punk Crusher. So uh, check it out and then uh, let us know. This is The Obsessed. Baby! 
dude i'm telling you man that groove is just true so speaking of groove mm. the next record that we think you have to listen to before we move on to the next uh part of 2017 is the latest paul bear record heartless another band by the way which by the way amazing artwork it's worth buying the cd alone just alone Let the artwork ex- alone the artwork all the all those pictures like should be posters in your house yes like, it looks cool so um if you guys do own a physical copy of the cd it's like a painting on the front it's like an oil painting yeah on the back i mean when you touch it it's got that same thing you open up the texture. booklet you've got this texture thank you you Sweet got this uh, great just image on the inside it, and it's it's just uh it's a piece of art this album and like I said, we have a lot of different t- – we, we have a political record almost with Havoc and, and a society record. We have a life lesson record with something like The Obsessed, right? And then when it comes to Paul Bearer, you have – it's an art record. It's a gloomy record. It's a record that's beautiful. It's a poetry record. It, like I said, it's all those things in one, but it, the way it's done, it's just beautiful, right? I mean – Lyrically, they they really just kind of nail it too. I mean, I'm gonna read a little bit of lyrics off of a song, one of the songs on the record before we play a song. It's, it's the last song lyrics called "A Plea for Understanding." But here's some of the lyrics, just so you guys can kind of taste. What was the song name again? "A Plea for Understanding." Okay, the last record. So, so here's some lyrics. Behind the eyes lie a truth so deeply concealed. Somewhere inside is a place where the weary rest and heal. Anger, fear, and regret keep the darkness at hand, but these feelings are real. All I ask, won't you please understand? Dude. Dude, it's deep. It's beautiful. It's great. Everything about this record is that. That's like Starbelly Sneetches. Right. Laid by the beaches. <laughs> Just trying to teach you a lesson. I don't even know what that means. You never heard Star... You never read Dr. Seuss' tar- Starbelly Sneetches and he laid by the beaches? No, I did. I know. Yeah, you <laughs> asshole. So anyway, so... And that's part of metal that I think gets always taken out of context is that we push the art metal. We push that stuff that's really beautiful that, that people, like, feel. But because of... Uh, the brutality. That well, of course, and that's what want. this record does. This record gives you uh, the. It definitely gives you some brutal. You know what I mean? But it also gives you some melodic. 
It gives you a lot. I think uh, it, it gives you. Exactly I think it's more melodic. It's, yeah, it's, it I think it's more melodic. Stuff, but yeah. I mean, when they break it down, they yeah. break it down. Yes. You know, so it's a good yeah. hard record. But again, you're definitely gonna uh, when you listen to it, you you. You basically just get lost in those lyrics. Yes. You know what I mean? And this is a, this is the perfect record. This is what I like to call a, like a vinyl record, yes. where you put it on, where you just basically you put it on a, a record player, and you just do the old high fidelity, where you just sit at a chair, put some headphones on, and then just really just get lost in it. To listen to it sectionally, flip it over. Yeah, I'm completely with you. And like I said, a newer band like Paul Bear, this is their third full length. Um, making that happen and making that strive it's it's just beautiful for our genre altogether but this record i like their last two a lot don't get me wrong but this record i think is the one that's going to be uh i mean just just remember real special so uh anyways so we're going to give you guys uh, a track off this record if you haven't heard it yet um ready for it dude this one's called i saw the end
just just beautiful song. Anyways, so we have two more records you guys have to hear before we move on into this year. But before we do that, it's interview time. We had the great. I I, I was I was ecstatic that we got to actually sit down and talk to Mixmaster Mike uh, of the Beastie Boys. And uh, like I said, he's going to be on tour all through while Metallica's doing the summer, and he's going to be DJing in between doing his scratching, not the other stuff. So, but well, what, what's amazing too is like, uh, let's just reflect on the BC Boys, what they've done for rock and roll in general. You know what I mean? It's oh, yeah. like I know we we know that they they came up rapping and stuff like that, but we all know that they started off as a punk band, mm-hmm. and then they kind of just worked their way into this. But even in some of their records, though, they would like implement some of those punk rock songs into some of their hip hop records. I mean. I never heard anybody do that except for those guys. I highly doubt there's anybody listening to this podcast that doesn't have extreme respect for the Beastie Boys. Okay. That's what I'm trying to say. When this interview came about, I was excited. I was like, dude, yeah. If there's a DJ we can interview on a metal show, it's Mixmaster Mike. And you're going to see why right here. Metal Sucks Podcast here. And we got Mixmaster Mike on the telephone. What's going on, man? Yes, indeed. Yep. <laughs> We're right here straight from, uh, you know, Hollywood, California, you know, living right. the life. Right, excellent. Right. So, a lot of people out there they aren't aware that you are a metal music fan lifer. Is that correct? Um, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that, for, for sure. Like you know, when I first started DJing, I was uh, I was mixing metal. So, I mean, I was you know, uh, eighty five, eighty six. I was listening to uh, Merciful Fate, King Diamond, Metallica, Slayer, all that. Nice. And I was actually I was making mixtapes with it, and I was actually playing. Um, metal during my sets when I was doing live parties people thought I was totally out of my mind but I was just like you know this is my shit and there's no compromise here so for a huge fan of the genre like 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 you're doing and someone that's been pushing it and promoting it all the way through to get a spot on an arena tour with Metallica in any capacity that that is like winning the lottery (laughs) I mean how did you score this gig oh man um well, they actually, I heard they they were like really big fans of my work. I mean, them being from the Bay Area, they reached out and and um, and, and and my management my management got back to me, and um, it was just like wow, it was kind of like that uh, surreal moment where it was just like okay, we knew I knew uh, like three months before, but I was just like okay, that that sounds good, and um, I was really excited. But then until I saw it on the Metallica, uh, until Metallica um, announced it on on their website. And that's when it all came to reality for me. I was like, holy shit, really? Okay. And, you know, and now I'm here sitting here getting ready for it. So, yeah, very blessed, man. It's excellent. And now the way it's going to be set up is that you're not going to just do a DJ set. You're going to actually be doing the set between bands. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So it'll be like, I believe it's Volbeat, Avenged Sevenfold, and then Metallica. Do you have a specific kind of like playlist in mind between the bands to psych them up for the band at the time yeah, or is there like a ramp up into metallica yeah i mean definitely i mean of course i mean you know for for me i mean i've always been like an aggressive musician like you know i mean i'm into uh, aggression so it, it, it's very easy i've been doing this of course i've been doing this for like for for three decades now so it's like it's it's all the way you work the crowd you know what i mean it's for me if i buy a ticket to metallica and i knew that there was a dj that was going to open I would be like, okay, I would be, okay, what would I like to see and what would I like to hear? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I keep that in mind. Um, you know, of course, I mean, Metallica's coming on and you just got to, you know, prep them and get them amped for it. You know what I mean? So you could, I mean, you could call me like the, uh, a high-powered appetizer. 
Okay. <laughs> That's good. I like that. <laughs> some southwestern chicken egg rolls with some yeah, hot you know sauce I mean? on them, you know? I call that high-powered. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just like, you know, with, with you know, with integrity and just, you know, you know, keep them, you know, get them ready for it. You know, that's what it is. You know, spark plug. So, um, you know, there's, there's a, I got, I got three sets. So it's like, you know, yeah, I, and I think I know how to navigate through this. This is a this is kind of a newer thing for rock audiences as well, you know, having a DJ come out and uh, yeah. you know, and you previously got to tour with the uh, the Axl Rose era Guns and Roses, and and one writer yeah. wrote that uh, that didn't go over well with the fans, but I'm sure you had a totally different experience. What was your take? Uh, well, you know, I mean that maybe that was uh, you know that was that was probably just from one show. You know, you can't just like, right, you know, of course, uh, judge the whole tour off of one show you went through. But, you know, at first it was kind of, you know, the fans were like first couple of shows at the, the for the Guns N' Roses, like first two, I remember they were kind of skeptical and they were like, uh, whatever. But but as as the tour, you know, went on, it was just like, oh, OK, I got this. And it, it ended up being a great tour. I mean, until uh, Axel decided not to show up for the for for the last show. And that's and always that fun. And, that, <laughs> and I was going mean. I was going to ask you that too where you're like were there any shows you're like motherfucker I better get getting some overtime on this cuz uh, he better get up on stage. No, you know you know what was funny is like okay I was doing the show um, there was two shows you didn't show up to. There was one in Vancouver and and one in Philly and uh, at the Spectrum. So it was just like um I I actually knew he was going to show up. So after my show I was like, all right, peace out, y'all. You guys have a good night. And I ran off the stage. I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Shit's about to hit the fan. And then there you go. And I'm on my tour bus. I turn on CNN, and they're ripping the place apart. So it's like, you know. <laughs> right, wow. right. That's insanity. So, and that, during that, that tour, were they just late all the time? Because I know Axel doesn't really do that anymore. I think he couldn't pull it off. But during that tour, was he still in that phase of, like, starting to show at, like, 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. or – God, you know, I don't want to. No, we don't want to say anything bad. But I don't. I don't want to throw him under the bus. But it was like, you know, the look, look, the band was never late. The band was there. Ah, uh, yeah. You know I mean, I was friends with the band members, Buckethead and Brain. Big respect to those guys. But I mean, it just seemed like some of the times people were just waiting. You know what I mean? It was like, really? Where's he at? You know? It was like, <laughs> and it was like, you know, he definitely was on his own time clock. Right. Yeah. And nowadays, too. And uh, and and even though, like I just said, it's still new, but it just seems like I, I've seen many DJ sets happen before bands as well. Are you approaching the Metallica one a little bit differently? I'm sure it's going to be a lot more positive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no, definitely. Definitely. It's just like, you know, for me, it's um, OK. People people uh, get the wrong impression on what a DJ is, especially in, in today's day and age where you see. Um, DJs like up there pumping their fists and knob twisting and doing all kinds of stupid uh, uh, bullshit up there. Oh, it's not yeah. for me. For me, that, for me that's what that, that's what that's, this, this is what. <laughs> if you know my track record and you look back to what I've done, um, that's what. That's not what I do. Right. It's not. I'm not a cheerleader. I don't fucking carry pom poms. So this is going to be like a full on assault. And um, uh, I look forward to it. I look forward to it. This is going to be. This is going to be awesome. Like, you know, I'll, I'll be. I'll be scratching my way through different um, different um, metal hits and um, just you know, and, and got some got some secret treats treats for everybody too as well. So yeah, this is going to be great. Now, not to like 
put a damper on the subject, but um, or on the on the interview. But you were close friends with ex Megadeth drummer Nick Menza, and he his yes. um, passing last May. Uh, it took everybody by surprise. Um, you did coordinate a benefit for his family. Is that correct? Yes. Um, it, actually, my uh, my manager um, coordinated the whole thing. She was uh, Diane Copeland was more um, good friends with. Uh, with Nick, um, like I said, she helped co-manage uh, Megadeth back in the day, um, and and we did a yeah we did a benefit and a fundraiser, and uh, we we collected some proceeds for his family and his and his kids, and um, I mean it's it's very unfortunate that it happened so quick. You know, people it kind of like you know, it just one minute he was there, he was playing at the Big Potato, and then another minute he was gone, like just like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, yeah, it's unfortunate, but you know, we we have to definitely um, let everybody know that you know these lives uh, these lives matter. I mean, he was a legend and one of the greatest drummers of all time. So it's just like, you know, what what can I do to use my platform to let everybody know? I mean, to help help with the family and and, and you know, I mean, just just do good behind that. You know, I mean, he was a great dude, and you know, hope he's he's uh, proud of everything that's happening. And and then is there a way to like I don't know if Megadeth was was Megadeth any of the members involved in in the um, in the uh, benefit at the t- the time that you guys did or did anybody reach out to them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was um, it was a guitarist Jimmy or it was uh, yeah it was a few be- uh, band members. But for me, I mean, my manager is, is really tightening it with that with that crew. So she was dealing with some of the some of the members. I don't know who exactly they were, but um, yeah, some of the uh, band members got involved, which was great. Cool. And uh, you joined the Beastie Boys during the Hello Nasty era, and I just want to tell you thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, just uh, really love that album. And uh, you oh, stayed with yeah. them until the decision to end the band due to the passing of MCA, obviously. Uh, the yeah. last record released was Hot Sauce Committee Part 2. Is there ever going to be a Part 1 out there that will get released? Um, you know, for me, not, not that I know of, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, uh, it is what it is. And, um, uh, well, me, my, me and Mike D did the, uh, did the beats one, um, radio show last month, which was awesome. And it, it was good to revisit, um, what we've started and, um, but, but I mean, who knows what, what, what can happen right now? I'm just focusing on what's going to take place next month and and then who knows what's going to happen anything can happen you know and how did you land that gig i mean you were big on the west coast and the beasties are so they're they're east coast legends like how did the two come together well i mean yeah it, it was uh they they caught wind of me winning the uh the world dj competitions i won like three uh world dj titles two with the dmc one with uh new music seminar and um I met Adam Yauk at a Rock City anniversary show in in New York City, and we exchanged numbers. I was a big Beastie fan um, back in the day, so it was just like I gave him my 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 uh, digits, and then I got his uh, his address. And when he and I would send him actual DJ battle videos, and then I would leave these crazy scratch messages on his answer machine when he wasn't home. So that was <laughs> that was that was definitely what. <laughs> yeah, what, you're what like, wait, 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 wait. Hey, it's Mike, by the way. Call me back. Bye. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Three a.m. Leaving like I left like like four or five different ones, and um, and it was funny during the the uh, process of the recording of Hello Nasty, I didn't know that Adam had had put 
the actual um, answering machine message on the album until the album came out. And I was just like, and he was like, surprise, check it out. I was like, wow. And people really, people thought that it was uh, planned out, but I was like, that that was, that was really one of the actual messages I left before 3M season one DJ. And um, definitely, um, wow, it was like a, a great time in my life. You know I mean? Where they allowed me their platform to showcase what I do on the turntable. So it was definitely a blessing. Now, when you were touring with the Beastie Boys, I mean, how often did they tour uh, at that stage in their career? Did they only do a couple uh, tours like a year, or were they actually like pushing and pushing back then? It was, you know, it was, I mean, more than half of the year yeah. at a time. It was, um, it was, it was half of the year at a time. You know, I mean, six months, seven months on the road. Um, international and domestic so it was just like yeah yeah we're we're out there pushing everywhere we're every we were everywhere pretty much i mean that's what we were doing i can't imagine if we were still doing doing if we were still if if adam was alive we'd still be we'd probably still be on the road right now probably have two more albums you know that that haven't been created and probably be on the road pushing that so um but you know things happen for a reason and we're we're here today and uh, we talked to a lot of bands about the writing process with their music. And how exactly is it, how was it when you were writing songs with the BC Boys? And when did you enter that equation? Well, it was, uh, it was, it was more like, you know, um, spending weeks at a time in New York City. And they'd come up with these beats. And I'd do a bunch of shit over the top of it. You know what I mean? I'd be like, okay, pull up something. And then, you know, Ad Rock would pull some shit up. And I'd be like, oh, well, this needs that, and then I would pull shit out, and just be like, okay, then we then we then we craft it from there. You know what I mean? It's totally came out like improvisation. You know, it wasn't like I sat with it and kind of crafted it. it. It was like these recordings happened on the spot, type thing, which is the beauty of it. You know yeah, what I mean? Because, yeah. Because after a while, you 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 know you sit with it for so long, and you keep changing it, you keep changing it, and you're never satisfied. But those were moments. All these songs you hear. Like from you know three MCs to Intergalactic to to all these songs uh, were like really like the stuff I did over the top was just like on the spot boom what do you got for this bam okay let's do it hit the record button I remember I would tell Mario just hit the record button because that's the kind of musician I am and like hit the record button let's see what happens and I just let my hands fly and then boom you know kind of paint the picture over the uh, over the top. Excellent. So, and now you, yeah. know, you know that we are a, uh, a metal pod, a metal sucks. We, yes. we are a metal website. So, a lot of the listeners yeah. out here might not understand what the DJ's job kind of was back in the day compared to the DJs that we see now, you know, yeah, out yeah. here. So, the old school style versus the new school style. I, I know there's probably a transitional period, but what is the, can you tell us what you think the huge difference is between the two? Well, the huge difference, of course, is is uh, there's different technology involved. I mean, now for DJs now, anybody can be a DJ. You know, there's um, back when I started, I was you know we of course we were using real records and we didn't have a safety net. You know what I mean? If I, if that record if that record skipped, you you had to go to a plan B and plan C. Now DJs have the luxury of like sync buttons. And doing it off of their computer and and having pre-recorded stuff to where it's just like they're really just standing there and they could really i mean just you know they could you know 
have a have an iPod. You know, people won't yeah. even know. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's the thing that we we always kind of talk about on the show. We're like, in, in the moment, the improvisation is what made it kind of magical when it was put together. But if it's pre-recorded, and like you said, it's kind of like that iPod approach. Like, as a metal fan who is such a fan of the band aspect and the music, how how can one of us, you know? Uh, support this newer scene not um, we're not talking about the old school scene but how how do we get on board with that well well for, for me i mean i mean for most of it as a metalhead it's for for what's going on today in today's music you know with you know the edm scene and all you know the, this scene it's not you don't get on board with that yeah because metal is metal yeah. metal metal is metal and that's the aggressive shit with integrity and there's no compromise with that shit, that other shit, it's like, okay, there's someone just standing there. You know, for me, I like performance art. I like to go up, I like to see someone shred. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I'm gonna pay money, I wanna see someone do some shit. And, and and with me, I mean, I've been doing it, I'm like, like I said, I won like three world titles uh, with scratching. I scratched the guitar, I scratched the violins, I scratched the drums, the whole shit. So, um, and that's why I, I always I always demand a camera on my hands that so so people can really see what's going on up there. You know what I mean? I mean, it, 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 it's yeah, yeah. So so it's like you know, it's uh, it, it's it's playing the playing the turntable as a musical instrument. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and I think I know what you mean. There's something about going to see a live performance where there's a possibility something could go wrong. And if you have yes. no possibility of anything going wrong, why the fuck am I here? You it's know like watching I mean? a movie. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 exactly that's and that's what i'm saying like you know what i mean like there's there uh, a lot of these djs like you know they have uh, like safety nets and shit like fuck the safety nets like when i was when i was opening up for the beasties it was like you know there were no no safety nets when the shit skipped that was, was that was so punk rock about it you know it's punk rock that's exactly, exactly. That's, that's exactly that's what i'm saying tea, yeah I, I see djing as punk rock for me like it's just like thrash just kill the shit and just you know Give people their money's worth, and then you know, give them something to tell their grandkids. Mm -hmm. Does it <laughs> you know I mean? does it piss you off that these people even call themselves DJs? <laughs> uh, you, you know what it, you know what it is. It's it's just uh, for me. I don't like it, it. Is what it is. You know, this society is so fucking. It's like so dumbed down. Oh, dude. you know what I mean? It's so yeah. dumbed down. Everybody, you know, and and for me, I mean, you know. As, as much as you could learn off the millennials and you could teach them, you could learn too. You could learn a lot of what not to do. But it's like you um, – it, it, at the end of the day, it's, I guess it's just bad parenting. They have to just be shown the right shit. <laughs> right. Agreed. <laughs> it's got to be shown the right shit. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, like I, mean, I, grew, I, I grew up watching like Stevie Ray Vaughan and Eddie Van Halen. I mean just these guys shredding. And going even Miles Davis, like I'm like looking back. I'd still look back. Like I would say, like I'm an offspring of those guys. I'm a copycat of those guys. I want I want to be like those guys. I want to play the instrument just like they did, with the same amount of passion and drive. And now it's just it's like, where are those heroes? Where are those heroes for this generation? Right? Oh, dude, the goosebump shit. I know what you're talking about. No, when you see a guy shred and he nails it and they're into it, or like I said, a DJ or drummer, anything. It's like you get the goosebumps. You're like, wow, I just saw something. You know, yeah. amazing, and I yeah, I, I don't get a goosebumps when somebody turns on their Apple laptop. You know what I mean? Like, oh god, damn, whoa, Steve Jobs, you blew me away. We, yeah, we will, we will. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna let you know though. Like, 
I do use a laptop, but I, I have that shit on the side. I use a laptop because I kind of earned a laptop because I used to carry thousands of records. Oh, no, me. we get it, dude. Yeah. We get it. Yeah, no, no. I mean, the thing is, though, but you still go out there and you still scratch and you still show off your skills. These yeah, guys yeah, don't do Yeah, but the laptop this. is not the instrument. Yeah, no, yeah. 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 So uh, what is but, the difference? But these guys, not saying any names, but these these type of characters are, you know, are right. kind of suspect. Yeah, they're yeah. they're fucking sus. Yeah, exactly. They're suspect. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, what not is, saying any names. Right. I'm not saying any names. I'm not. I, I'm I don't not, think I know any names. Yeah, yeah that's basically that's my <laughs> that's problem. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, what what is the difference between DJing metal songs to another genre? I mean, what are you trying to capture when you when you are behind the tables doing that? Well, back, you know, like I said, like people talking about mashups and this and that. But back in the day, like in, in 86, I was putting 80, 808 drum beats behind like Slayer and Merciful Fate and um, Suicidal Tendencies. And people would th- think that, wow, like this guy is fucking completely out of his mind. Well, I was out of my mind. I was just like pushing boundaries and taking risks. Yeah, that's what you an know? artist does. Yeah. And it's about it's all about at the end of the day, at end of the day is being a risk taker. There's mm-hmm. not enough risk takers out there. People are so like caught up in um, getting that selfie moment. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like fuck that. Let's uh, let's take some risk and, and see if we need to resort to a plan B or plan C or or plan Z. You know, there's many. There's the how many letters in the alphabet? There's all those plans. You know what I mean? To yeah. bail out. You nailed it with that safety net comment. You're like everybody needs to have that now, and it's like there is a long, long history of not having it and just having yeah, to yeah. get out there and do it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, exactly, safety, especially when you're doing stadiums, right? Okay. Right. Yeah, exactly. No, shit. <laughs> no so, pressure. No, no pressure. pressure. <laughs> so, last question, I Mike. I live, I live for those moments. I live for it. Oh, dude, I, I imagine. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah, last question. Let me just throw that at you. Um, when when so you were a metal fan early on in your career, like you, you just named off the Stevie Ray Vaughan's and stuff like that. When did you decide yeah. to do the DJ instead of picking up like a guitar or a drum or anything like that? Or do you just play all those instruments? I play all those instruments with records because I don't know how to play the guitar, I don't know how to play the drums, I don't know how to play none of these instruments. So I'm like, um, give me riffs that are on records so I can manipulate these sounds and pretend I am a, a drummer or a, a a guitarist you know as long as you give me the stems um give me i mean i used to use uh jimmy hendrix uh star spangled banner and i used to manip i i I still to this day manipulate that record in my own way you know so yeah 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 so i mean yeah that's what it is i mean uh it's a, what I do. It can be applied to anything. It's just like you know, you just gotta have a wild fucking imagination. That's what it is, dude. Excellent. <laughs> well, Mixmaster right. Mike, thank you so much for calling into the Metal Sucks yeah. podcast, man. Uh, just yeah, brother. Let, Appreciate you guys. Yeah, just want to let everybody know once again. You can catch Mixmaster Mike. He's going to be opening up for Metallica, uh, yeah. Avenged Sevenfold, and Volbeat. He's going to be going in between the bands. I think you should go check him out and uh, broaden your horizon a little bit. For sure, for sure. Thank you so much <laughs> yes, for calling. In. And I think a lot okay, of the metal it. listeners out here are going to definitely come check you out and see the difference between what you do and what we consider DJs these days. <laughs> so, Sounds good. I appreciate excellent. that. Thank you, guys. It's Master Mike, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Right. See? Great dude, man. See? Yeah. Definitely. So, anyways. But, uh, yeah, excellent interview, man. So, um, 
I, I would be excited. I'm, I don't know if we're gonna, I'm going to catch Metallica on the summer tour. You? They're not coming here. No, they're not coming to Vegas, but they're going to go to Phoenix or they're going to Mesa, Arizona. Yeah, I know. I mean, we, I was looking Which at is it. like 120 degrees in August. I think that's it's either in July or August. Yeah, it's it was. It's crazy so, fucking hot. But, like, he makes me want to go there to see what he's doing in between. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's just exciting by itself because it's such well, a Well, like, a show. lot of guys are doing that now. Like, a lot of guys are getting paid to go just show up and push a space bar and play their songs, play, play their favorite metal songs, metal artists. Yeah. Which like he, Scott Ian's done it a bunch yeah. of times. I know Tom Morello's done it. I know they're going to have a, one of the guys from fear factory. I can't remember. He's about to do this at the, at the hard rock live on the strip. Yeah. Um, many, many guys are doing Charlie Benani. Yeah. Drummer for anthrax. But he is, as he's like said, a real DJ, a real DJ with like vinyl records. Yeah. Which he's going to be scratching. He said, he's going to have the, the cameras on his hands, which I thought was interesting as you know. So anyways, uh, yeah. So guys, when you go out there and live, you know, it's, when it's, when it's between bands and it's beer break time or whatever you want to do, merch time, uh, give him a shot. Definitely check it out. You're probably going to be well worth it. So moving on on our list, we got two more to do guys, two more to go before, uh, we call it a day for us. The next band, I don't think we've talked about too much on the show, um, but the band is called Final Drive. Yeah, we've N- talked about these guys on our other podcast, yeah. Rise to Offend. So uh, Final Drive, um, we I learned about them through Metal Sucks. They did the Unsigned and Unholy uh, a couple years back, and they, they played a track by these guys. Now, they put out a new record this year called Dig Deeper. Uh, me and Brandon, when it comes to, I call it the meat and potato metal, like the bands that are like the... The ones that we grew up loving right away, the Van Halen types, the ACDC types, you know, the stuff that let's just put out a rock album, let's just make people thin Lizzy types, right? Newer bands, Hatebreed, Every Time I Die, they put out these records, they're short, they're sweet, every song's great, they make you smile. Yeah, you were talking about- They make you love metal, right? You were talking about like Paul Bear, you know, doing, you know, the longer songs, yeah. art rock, you know, these guys are not that. They're the opposite. They're, they're just, they just come right out, Bear. they punch you in the fucking face- they and then give they, you good, tasty, groovy riffs. Yeah. They give you a 30-minute record that you want to listen punch to a key, over and over They take again. a key and they punch it right into their beer can and they drink it. And I love that. I love that for the, the social atmosphere. Those are the metal shows that like, I that always are remember. Fun. You go there, everybody's in a good mood. Everybody's in a good mood People and they're moshing. Beer, and, you know, they're, they're, moshing. they're just loving it. The, it looks like your friends are on stage. Yeah. And that's what this record... That's Dig what this deeper. band does. I mean, dude, band a lot. Does, of, yeah. I don't know if you've listened to any of their other stuff. I mean, outside Same. of the yeah. new stuff, uh, I, I love them all. I love no, all. I love records. all. Uh, yeah, this is their. I think their third one that I got. But this is, to me, I think this is the my favorite. At least I've been living with it since I think it came out in January, February. But uh, we're gonna play a song off of this one. If you guys haven't heard of Final Drive, I mean, that's that'd be cool for you guys to check it out. If you're into that, like I said, meat and potato, rock and roll, you know, metal type of band, dude. That's just gonna. To do it right, man. There's not yeah, many. You were bringing there. up Van Halen. I can't even. I don't think Van Halen's so much well, meat and potatoes. What I mean, what I mean by meat I mean, and potatoes with Alex is, and Eddie. I mean those guys doing, were the top doing, of the line, and they show off every fucking show. I mean three or four minute songs that are just singing about you know things yeah. that are just just good, just solid. beer and AC/DC fighting and probably pussy a better one. And, yeah. yeah, it's just you know basically yeah. just the ba- they're basically writing songs. You know, they, some of the songs that I'm not saying every song yeah. is meat and potatoes. I mean, they definitely have some songs that probably well, make I it. Well, I think Hatebreed's like that too. Like yeah. I said, they, they got some tasty riffs on occasion, but I just want to hear, you know, Jamie Jossa coming out there singing some positive lyrics, fast, hard, let's go, you know, let's give me 35. I don't want a 70 minute record right. from Hatebreed. You know, I want a good one that I can burn through and just love like 
every moment and kind of get the, a positive message out of it. Right. Like I said, same thing I, I feel with Every Time I Die. There's a lot of those bands that are just like, they're not technical death metal. They're not all these impressive things as far as the instrument goes, but they know how to write a good fucking song. And that's it goes back super to super important. It goes back to I don't know if you saw the um, Lost was it the Sonic Highways with, yeah, with Foo, Foo Fighters? Fighters? Yeah, on HBO they had uh, Paul Stanley, you know, yeah. the owner and proprietor of Kiss Nuts, and uh, <laughs> I mean we, they had to give him a ten percent cut. That was know, a take off Kiss Nuts. Grape Nuts. You know thank that, you, right? Pete. <laughs> wow, thank you for just explaining the joke, thus killing the joke, you <laughs> asshole. I do it weekly. But no, but but Paul Stanley basically came right out and said, he goes, "Are we? The, are he goes, are we great musicians? No. He goes, but we know rock and roll, yes. and we know how to do it well." And that's it. Now, I'm not saying... Kiss I, is a better example than, than Van Halen. Yes. Kiss yes. is a good example. Now, now, I would say Final Drive are good musicians. But they, just, yeah. but they, but they, get, to the, they get to the meat and potatoes. It's that's a what different, it is. They get it's to it. It's a different musicianship because it's a different time. Yes. You know? And yes, I, they're obviously um, better than like, like a lot of the Kiss or that 80s, 70s style. Yes. But I think, it's, I think it's like they got the same energy. Yes. There you that's go. what I'm talking right, about. Well, the energy. Get... So let's play the song off their latest record, Dig Deeper. This one is called Six Feet Down. Six Feet Down.
we say? Dude. What do we say? Dude. We were right. You nailed it. We were right. Nailed it. Everybody's like, oh, yes, beer, friends, let's do this. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's out there right now thinking about that. So the final album, guys, uh, that we uh, highly recommend you listen to, this one's going to be no surprise at all to anyone. We've been talking about them as much as Havoc, probably. It's the latest Darkest Hour record, guys. Uh, the uh, Godless Prophets and the Migrant Flora. Now, now uh, we, we actually interviewed these guys. Yeah, we interviewed Paul Bear too, dude. <laughs> no, I know. No, I'm saying no. I mean, we no in person. Oh yes, we actually yeah, got we to met them. Yeah, yeah. That's that. You're right. And that's, smelled them and combed a, their hair. It's a little different than I guess over the, over the phone. Completely right. Now um, and wax their eyebrows. There's a lot of uh, 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 records out there that because there's so many subgenres in metal that you're always getting something in there. But there's it's it's where you find a record that's going to appeal to so many of the subgenres like this one. This record's going to appeal to the hardcore kids. It's going to hard appeal to the thrash fans, the punk fans, the death metal fans. It's got it all in there. Virtually in every song it's got it all in there, you know? It's got everything kind of combined. And um the energy is 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 really where you can't go wrong with this record at all. I mean, the band deserves, I think, a lot more credit than they get for their entire catalog. But like, this is a record where I feel it's a starting point for a lot of people if they haven't actually gone in and listened to it with that right mindset, with that energy. Now you've been with you've been anger. loving these guys since the '90s, though. I've no, I've been a huge. I think, like I said, I'm a huge Darkest Hour fan. So that, that yeah. does sway my opinions when I tell people to listen to records. Yeah, this is like you know, I've listened to eight of their records. I love. Now, be honest. Records, you know? Do you go into Do you go into listening to a record by a band that you already know and love with a lot uh, with a? I don't know. Just going to a fine tooth comb. No, no. Just wanting it to be great. So even if it is kind of under. Even if they do underperform to you, it's still great. Or no, I, I do the opposite. I, I want it to be, dude. And this, I've actually gotten in in conversations with people. It's like I love Slayer. If Slayer puts out a B minus record, I'm gonna be like, I'm fine with it because they got four A plus records. Right. So and people are like, no, you shouldn't be fine with that. You should be mad. You should be like, why is no, Slayer putting out a B minus? And I'm like, dude, I just want them to keep putting out music, and as long as it's thrash and it's it's and I can. I, I dig half of it. I'm great. That's my Motorhead theory too. You know, mm-hmm. Motorhead's a band that put out 20 records, probably six great ones. But let's be honest, a lot of them had 14 songs, six good songs, eight whatever. I'm going to tell you right I now. I loved every minute. If of you it. could put out, if you could put out four amazing classic albums, then you'll be Metallica. Then you will. You yeah, exactly. You will be known forever. If you could do anything outside of that. Mm-hmm. Then that's that, that's completely insane. And I feel Darkest Hour has done something outside of that. Right. I think they've put out five to six. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Market of Judas is a fantastic, fantastic record going up. Um, does it upset you that they're not as big as you think they should be? It doesn't upset me because I think they're, you know, uh, on, on a spiritual level. I think, that's the one thing with metal, dude. That's yeah. the one thing that drives me crazy is I'll hear a band and I'll go, this is fucking amazing. Everyone, need, everyone needs to hear this. Yeah. And then no one's playing it for them. Yeah, no, I mean, that's... I mean, except us. The machine is the machine, though, man. But I think, like I said, on a, on a level, it's like if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing in this lifetime, all the other nonsense of money, fame, notoriety, all that stuff, I don't hold it accountable. I'm just glad they know they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. So I'm proud of these guys. Mm-hmm. That's it. I wish, of course, See, I'm not so everything I, like yeah, that, but I'm like, not saying, I'm not saying blame the band. No, I'm, I'm not saying, blaming the band. I'm, I'm more like upset yeah. at society. I'm more upset at just like, seriously, you like this bullshit? I mean, I, I, I think most of us feel like society should kind of like, you know, enter our minds and see the world through our, because of our egos and stuff like that. But in actuality, man, we're, it's just not the way it's ever going to no, be. It's never going to be like the, that. I can introduce this I'm sure one million. day it will be. You, I mean, you know how many people will actually listen to the five records we're recommending today? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> exactly. Such. 
But you know, we're just like I said, we're spreading the good word for a lot of good, hardworking people, and that's 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 all that matters to me. And do us all a favor, you guys yeah. that are listening. Um, you know, on your social media, whatever, tag the band. Let them know that we're talking about them. Let them know that we're that we're that we're trying to let them let their or get new fans for them because we think you deserve it. We think they deserve it. Yeah. And if they get more and more notoriety, they're going to be able to come to your town more. They're exactly. going to be able to play better venues and better sound systems and stuff like that. I mean, I'm just saying. I want I want you guys to see these bands at their absolute best. And the only way we could do that is if we try and. All do it collectively yeah. and just try and get them to that second tier together. Exactly, dude. I'm with you 100%. So uh, the last song we're going to end with you guys this is the song that I've been clamoring to play. The fun, the one that I love on this record. It's it a good is, word. Yeah. It's a good it, word. I know. It's the one that uh, first listen, track 11, in the name of us all. Let's do it.
right, guys. So that was uh, that was the uh, the top five uh, albums that we think you should listen to in 2016. Not the top five of anything, really. Just five albums you need to listen to before we get uh, overwhelmed with the summer and all that stuff. Yeah, don't worry. We'll be able to. We'll put out a. Basically the same episode with four five different bands with yeah. four months from yeah. now. We so. probably will. Yeah. Um, but this we, is called We Don't Like to Work Show. <laughs> <laughs> this, even though it's more work than normal, right? So anyways, uh, but guys, Mixmaster Mike, we want to thank him so much for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast. Definitely uh, check out those Metallica tour dates. I'm sure everybody will if they're coming to their town because it is. I mean, come on, it's Metallica. Yeah. Got to see them. So anyways, uh, until next week, my friends, we will, uh, we will talk to you then. Metal Sucks over and out. Bye-bye. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.